From locking in new clients with proposals and contracts to automated invoicing and making sure you get paid, Harlow has you covered. Harlow is built by freelancers for freelancers, so they truly understand how you work and what you need to run a thriving freelance business. With Harlow, you can send professionally designed proposals with integrated e-signatures to get your projects kicked off with ease, easily invoice clients and accept payments with the click of a button, get a single view of all your clients and all related documents, meetings, and tasks, stay on top of your projects and to-dos, and track your time all in one place. Gone are the days of managing your business in spreadsheets, forgetting to invoice, and generally feeling scattered. Harlow is here to help solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. Get started today at meetharlow.com. Big thank you to them for sponsoring this season of the Creative Class Podcast. Thanks, Harlow. Welcome back to the Creative Class. <laughs> I have never seen more uncertainty in my life. <laughs> I think we should keep that just because it's like, you know, you think you think you've got it figured out and sometimes you're just like, welcome question mark. <laughs> Is that is that not how freelancing works anyway? <laughs> that's uh, right. That's I feel it. like that's that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a metaphor. <laughs> that was literally a metaphor. Okay. So I hear. Okay. I can. I'm gonna, so let's just keep going. This is a great. This is a great intro um, because I had planned exactly what to say before introing this final episode for preparing for 2023 as a freelancer and once the record button hit, I had no idea what to say anymore and you know. Freelancing That's sometimes life. feels like that. That's life. But that also, like, really in does. freelancing, it kind of just feels like that sometimes, you know? And especially with, you know, we have the the looming recession, or as Kaylee refers to it, the R word. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse mm-hmm. on screen, on yes. camera, or in audio. But, you know, there's there is so much uncertainty right now. And I'm feeling it. I know Kaylee's feeling it. I know a lot of my freelance friends are feeling it, not, like, across all areas. So that's why in this episode, this final episode, we're going to talk about what we're going to be doing to prepare for 2023 and some really awesome tips you can take to be proactive and you know make sure you get some work in the beginning of the year and feel more confident about the year ahead. Yeah. I feel like December every year, every year that I've been freelancing has been so quiet and I always think, oh my God, this is it. You know, like there's not going to be any work for me. I'm going to have to like get a regular nine to five and start interviewing. And I just, I feel like that's, that's pretty normal. So what we wanted to talk about is like, especially right now where it's so, everything feels so uncertain. Everything feels so just a big question mark. What things can you do to be proactive and kind of get on the right foot for starting the new year in January so that you're top of mind with people so that you have a list of projects lined up what things do you need to do at the end of the year, maybe in October or November or December, if you have some extra time, like most of us probably will, what things do you do to, to kind of get ahead of the new year? And, and so, Michael, I want to ask you, what are some of the things you do towards the end of the year to just kind of sh- make sure that you're busy when January does roll around? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I'm going to start with... This year, you know, right now, I'm already seeing some kind of drop off in either the the velocity of contracts that I have moving like currently, 
I'm seeing a lot of potential leads like question the prices and see if they're, you know, if it's something that they can take on right now. So I, I am actually like a little concerned, like what's, what's 2023 going to look like? And that's why I'm really happy that we're getting to talk about this. And so for me, what I do every year, uh, including this year, I'll be doing it more on um, like more with fire fingers. Like I said in a previous episode, I'll be with fire fingers this, this November, October, November. Um, the one thing I like to do is always reach out to past current, past and current clients to see where they are at for 2023. And that's because during, you know, maybe as early as September, but it's really more in my experience, it's like October, November, everyone's planning their budgets for Q1 or they're getting their yearly budgets approved depending on how they do things. But at least, at least they're getting their Q1 budget set. So then they know who and what they need to hire for. So for me, what I like to do during those times, right, be it end of September to mid-November, whatever, is start getting back in touch with people. Hey, you know, really love like reminding them of the great work that we did in the past. Like, Hey, yes, super love. I loved working with you on these articles. I see, you know, I see that it's out living in the world. I hope it's doing well. I'm wondering if you, you know, need any help in 2023. Is there any, you know, is there a program that I can work on or do you need some consulting, whatever. And making sure again, to, to stay top of mind during the time when they're planning their budgets. Um, because if you can insert yourself right at the right time, and they're like, oh, of course, yeah, I need a designer, I need a programmer, I need a writer, I need someone, I need some heavy lifting, you know, and especially mm -hmm. like some of these companies that have just experienced layoffs, especially in the tech sector, if you're doing work in tech, they're going to be looking to hire freelance talent to kind of pick up the slack of less in house people. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think another really smart thing that I, I know Paul did this. So for people who used to listen to creative class, it was Paul Jarvis and I, and now it's Michael and I, but Paul would talk about how it's really strategic to, at the end of the year, reevaluate, reevaluate your pricing structure and send out an email to your clients that you're currently working with, or ones that maybe you haven't talked to in a while and say, Hey, my rates are getting ready to go up in 2023. I would love to lock in some projects at my old rate if you'd like to get in there. So just sending out a email, letting people know that your rates are going to be going up because that's something you need to do on a regular basis, of course, but encouraging them and incentivizing them to take action right now and get work booked with you. Even if it is at your old rate, that's okay. Um, it gives them a reason to book with you. And especially right now in a time where everything feels kind of weird, sometimes it's okay to, to let those projects be booked at the old rate, just because it gives you a guarantee of you know, you're starting 2023 or the next year with a book of work, right? You've got projects that you know you're going to be starting when the new year rolls around. And so I think that those are a couple really, really smart things to do. Both of them are very proactive. You're kind of getting out in front of things. I think the thing that happens, and that's kind of a, a major pitfall for freelancers, is they wait until January rolls around and then all of these budgets have already been allocated or these projects have already been assigned. So it's kind of like that mentality of early bird gets the worm, right? Yeah, definitely. And Kaylee, uh, on t so related to pricing, and I love that tip in terms of upping your price every year. I actually up my price every client, but that's for a whole other yeah. conversation. Yeah. So I am curious, like, do you ever budge on prices? Because I think this is also a good, t this could be 
an opportunistic time for someone to offer like volume packaging or, you know, like not obviously we're not giving stuff away for free, but saying like, you know, I've had some clients come to me and say like, look, we can't pay your rates. Are you willing to do this rate? And I can come back and negotiate Mm -hmm. and be like, well, actually, no, I can do this rate though. And this is a rate that would work for me, you know? And I've actually, Mm -hmm. I've kept one client on retainer recently because of that. Um, I was charging, I was charging a dollar word. They couldn't pay it anymore. A seat, their CMO left and, you know, budgets change, whatever. They're also feeling the effects of, you know, a looming recession. And they, we had to meet in the middle somewhere. I was like, well, they hit me with this price. I hit them back with this price. And now we've settled on a retainer that will work, right? Like until, like until we decide to not work together anymore. And again, I'm not usually a fan of a, like discounting. But in this time, it didn't feel like a discount because this time it feels different. You know, like a lot of us, a lot of us, if you've been freelancing for the past like eight, nine years, despite the, despite the quick COVID recession, quote unquote, that was very quick. A lot of us have been freelancing in a bull market, right? Like everything has been positive and secular and there's money flowing around, but now it feels like there's not enough money flowing around. So it feels like you have to take a different approach to your pricing and not so that you don't make money, right? And you're not like fulfilled, but you can still like, if you have to meet a client in the middle somewhere because they're concerned about their budgets, you know, that's kind of, I'd rather, my, my thing is I'd rather have a client that I'm happy with the pricing than not have them at all. Are you managing your business or using multiple tools or are you still using spreadsheets in your notebook to stay on top of work? It's probably time to upgrade. Harlow is an all-in-one freelance tool that helps solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. With automated invoicing, proposal templates, and much more, Harlow has everything you need to run a thriving freelance business. Check it out for yourself at meetharlow.com. Yeah, I think it's kind of a fine line. You really have to think about what is realistic for both of you and and be willing to be flexible because that is part of it, right? It's part of it in any type of business, your willingness to negotiate and to, like you said, meet customers where they are. The other thing too, is I really love that idea of volume pricing. So thinking about like, what are some bundles that I can put together as far as my services or offerings go, or how can I give people a reason to book maybe a larger project with me with more parts to it? Or if budgets are a constraint, like what what kind of packaging can I put together where it's going to be appealing to them, but it's also going to be lucrative for you? There are lots of ways you can go about that. I think the other thing too to think about is we talked about in a previous episode, the importance of building a referral network, reaching out to other freelancers who you know are busy and saying like, hey, if you have overflow projects, feel free to send them my way because like things are kind of slow right now. I'd be happy to subcontract and do those for you here are my rates for that. So just putting that out there too and planting that seed can be a good way to to get those types of referrals going as well. And I think that's not going to make sense for every single freelance writer that you know, but there are ones who you know are busy and are always booked on a regular basis. And maybe they have too much on their plate and maybe they need somebody to hand those projects off to. So be that person who raises their hand and is like, oh, I'll take it. I can do that. Um, and here's how I can help you. And so Starting that conversation, I think, is a good way to get a foot in the door with what could be a good, strong, either subcontracting or referral relationship with other people doing similar work. Yeah, I love that. 
And then another another idea, right, of like to kind of like plan for 2023, right, is are there any ways that you're looking to like diversify income or, mm. you know, like outside of like making an online course? Because that's always the default, right? Is like, right. I'm going to diversify my income for next year and I'm making an online course. Um, and I just, <laughs> you know, and, and I love online yeah. courses, right? Like I have an online course, like I'm not, I'm not a stranger to that, but you know, how, how do you plan to kind of like, do you, are you planning to diversify your income? Are you planning yeah. to kind of like go harder in your business? Like, what are you planning to do in that realm? I feel like, I feel like I, so I've been diversifying for a while. So I have content remix, which is a productized service where we take podcast episodes and turn them into blog posts. So I have that side business. Um, I have a Podia site that's going to be launching soon with some new resources and digital asset kind of things. I have also been doing some consulting work, which is another income string. It's not super busy, but it's kind of there if the question comes up. And it's not, while it's not something I actively promote, it's something, again, that other people know that I do. And so sometimes I get referrals for that. But as far as having direction for what I want to do and how I'm going to continue to evolve my business, that's something I'm very bad at. I don't do a good job of thinking forward. I'm always just kind of Mm. like, well, what's on my to-do list for today or tomorrow or this week? So it's something I need to think about. And maybe I need to get a business coach or maybe I need to actually sit down and devote some time and space to thinking about it more seriously. But I don't know. I'm just kind of like continuing to roll with what I have going right now. I'm, what about you? Are you doing things differently? Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm actually planning on this year was a big year for me in general, like in the freelancing business. So I'm actually thinking about scaling back income a little bit, which I know is not something that we always talk about, right? Everyone's always like, get the money, get the money, get the money. Um, but I'm actually for 2023, I'm going to actually limit my monthly income from freelance work to start devoting some time to doing more coaching and consulting, uh, working on peak freelance, which is, you know, um, like a freelance education business and a couple of other projects that I want to work on. Um, cause I figure like if, if, right, this is also a big if, if it's going to be a generally slower year. I want to take advantage of that. You know, like I don't I don't look at like slow times usually in like a bad sense. I'm going to look at it more as like okay, so if this one area is slow, what else can I be doing? What else can I be doing with my time? You know, like I want to yeah. learn this or I want to like start this new branch of my my business, right? So maybe you know, maybe you don't want to maybe you want to pivot out of what you're doing right now. That's very common in freelancing, right? Sometimes yeah. you just don't want to be doing it. Maybe you want to do, you don't want to be doing website design anymore. You want to do app design. You want to, you know, you don't, you want to do copywriting instead of long form writing, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. This is a good chance for you to kind of like take advantage of that, you know? So yeah. that's, that's what I'm actually doing. So and I'm not going to stop promoting my business. That's not the way I'm not going to, I'm not going to shut myself off from freelance writing, but if we're going to be having a tough year in general, which it's still, again, undecided. I'm actually, my plan is to actually limit my freelancing income to then do work on some passion projects and work on some other things that are still fall underneath the freelance umbrella, but aren't exactly trading time for money. Gotcha. I like that. I feel like I did a little bit of that last year when I was so tired of being at home after the pandemic that I was like, I'm going to do all the speaking engagements. And so I did like six or seven where I was traveling like crazy at the beginning half of this past year. 
and totally overdid it. Was just so burnt <laughs> out after that. So again, just like experimenting, trying different things. I, you know, I had one to one freelance coaching that I was doing for a while, and I kind of traded that for the public speaking ops. And so mm-hmm. I've also done some experimenting with like live trainings via, I think it's called Tela. So just doing mm-hmm. a bri- broadcast to my email subscribers and social followers and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be teaching on how to write strong pitches for journalists or how to write a really great about page, whatever it might be. So just thinking of different ways to bring in money. I think so often as freelancers, we think I do this one thing and I have to kind of stay in my lane. But the really successful freelancers are the ones who have many spinning plates. They have lots of things going. So it's a lot of responsibility and it's challenging. But if you're up for it and you're organized, it's a great way to make sure that going into the new year, you have a plan for keeping the money coming in through different streams and things like that. So I'm glad to hear that we're both on the same page with that. I wonder, are there any other things that you kind of do to close out the year and and make sure that setting yourself up for next year, you have a, like everything's just kind of neat and tidy? Yes. And I'm actually going to answer that question right after I, because I don't want to lose the train of thought. And when you were saying like, as freelancers, we do one thing that's, and I also feel like that is a very, like, um, that's a very conditioned mentality that we have because right. Like the, like, even though we are freelancers, right. Like a lot of us are solopreneurs. A lot of us still carry that same mindset of like, we're employees, but we're just employees for ourselves. Like instead of like, sometimes freelancers, we have the mindset of like, I'm an employee for everybody else. You know, so like I, it, it's very hard to mm-hmm. step away from your own business and look at it from a macro scale and say like, wait a second, I'm not limited to these people and their payroll companies. They're not in charge of my right. income. You know, like, yes, they are a part, they are a big part of your income. You, it's what freelancing is, but it's also very important, mm-hmm. I think, to step away every once in a while and look at it. And like you're saying, you know, like, how else can I make money? How else do I want to make money? What else do I want to be yeah. doing? besides besides trading my time for money and freelancing all the time. And that's one of the things I absolutely love and admire about being an independent contractor is that you don't have any limitations. If something's mm-hmm. slow, if your business is slow, you can do more marketing or you can go learn something else or you can build up a new revenue stream. Like, yeah, like you said, these things take time and they're not for the weak hearted. They're going to be a challenge. But, you know, on the other side of it, if you can bring in an extra twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year from a side hustle that's not your freelance business, hello, you know, like I'll take yeah, it. Great. If you don't want to take it. If you don't want it, I'll I'll take it. You know. So, yeah. Like, this is a very, this is an opportunity for you, you know, to like explore new paths, right? Just like other businesses are doing. That's what these these businesses that are holding back, they're getting more tactical. They're getting more resourceful. Um, again, they have more employees, and that's fine. But also like. That doesn't mean you can't get tactical and resourceful either. Like you can also be a company because that's what you are. You're a company of one, Paul. You're a company of one, you know, and that's how you should be, you know, salute Paul. That's his book. If anybody's like, what are they talking about? That's Paul's book, his company of one. (laughs) And it's funny because this is our final episode of the season. So we are literally saluting Paul. So we have to, in homage. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Um, Yeah. But so how do I, how do I, yeah. I don't know. I was just going to say, I think, I think, 
you know, it is a strange time right now. It's kind of always a strange time. There's always things going on that are going to throw a wrench in how we think things are going to go. But in my experience, you know, I'm, I'm nine years in almost now. I think the people who have long-term success with freelancing businesses are, like you said, they're the go-getters. They're super resourceful. They're experimental. They're trying different things all the time and they're planning. They're making plans. They're being proactive. So as we close out the year, this is the perfect time to get out of the weeds of day-to-day work and think big picture. Like, what do you want to do for the next six months? What do you want to do for the next 12 months? And what steps do you need to take to get there? So that would be kind of my piece of closing advice is take time, even if it's just a day, even if you give yourself a day to sit down, not do any client work, but really focus on what your plans are for the next year, do it. Give yourself permission to do that. What's your, what's your closing advice here? Uh, I, so mine is very particular. So I sit down, I buy myself a new notebook mm-hmm. and I sit down with a glass of wine, a bottle of wine. I'm sorry. I'm not going to lie. It's not a glass. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's December. Like it's the closing of the year. I'm not just drinking a glass. I sit down with a glass of wine. I take a little bit of mushrooms and I start writing out all the things that went good in the year, all the things that went bad in the year and like how and like how I can improve on them. But it's not it's not really always about improvement. Like I can just look at something that's bad and be like, wow, that sucked. Like, let's not do that again. Like I don't need to improve mm-hmm. everything that's bad. But then it's really like cliche, but setting like my goals and ambitions for 20 for the next year. And I know like for some people like plan I'm not saying like on October 2023 I'm going to have this much you know what I mean like it's not like that yeah. it's more like it's more like all right I want to it's like for example what we're talking about like I want to become a better stock trader or I want to work with less clients this year I want to spend more time with my family I want to you know like it's a mix of business is a part of that I have them broken down into personal and business stuff um and then like crazy aspirational dreams so it's normally the three of them um, but yeah, it's like, it's a little bit of mushrooms, a little bit of wine, and then some quiet space yeah. with myself and a brand new book because it's a brand new year. So why not have a brand that's new right. book and then fill that's that right. shit up through the year, you know? You gotta and that's make how I close things it. out. Yeah. I love and that's that. how I close things out and make sure all my, my accounts are together because yes. if, <laughs> if, my, if my accounting is a mess, all that does nothing because I'm just thinking about, okay, do I have a receipt for this? Do I have a freaking invoice yes. for this? And I'm like... So yeah. the accounts have to be in place first. And then once the accounts are done, it's it's Mike's time to just relax and think about the year ahead and the year in the past and just really love myself for achieving so much. Yes, I love that. I think that's so important because so often we're just kind of like, go, go, go. The holidays can be really busy. Take some time. Give yourself time. You have, And you almost have to put it on the calendar. Otherwise, it won't happen. Like schedule a yes. day to do it yes. if you have to. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully everybody has enjoyed this first season and we're always going to be looking for suggestions for future seasons. So you can find us on Twitter. Michael and I are both there. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We love you so much. Want to go pro with your freelancing career? Check out creativeclass.co for more information.